Hey, podcast listeners. Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast. This is your first time listening. This podcast strives to go beyond best practices and best curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and that produce disciples of Jesus Christ, who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. Have a little bit different episode for you this time. Got to talk with a good friend of mine, Flo Sapp Martin. Flo is a part-time Director of Education at Centenary United Methodist Church in the South Georgia Conference. She's a pastor's wife and a mother of clergy. She spent 35 years at the publishing house as a regional curriculum representative. She's also served on the general board of discipleship for two quadrennium. She's a national trainer for disciple Bible study. And what's what we're going to talk about today, which again is a little little different, is her involvement in the Women's Interfaith Alliance of Central Georgia. And so we could sort of explore the question, how might a group like this help us help a Christian towards holiness. So something to be listening for as as the interview goes along. Uh, Stick around after the interview. I'll share a few quick thoughts and we'll have a giveaway. So I think you'll enjoy. This is my interview with Flo Sat Martin. Well, Flo, thank you so much for agreeing to be part of this podcast episode with me. This is such a fascinating small group that you're a part of. You're one of the few people I know who are doing this kind of work. And so I'm excited to share with the listeners uh, this interfaith small group that you're a part of. So I'm just going to open it up with tell us how the Women's Interfaith Alliance of Central Georgia began. Well, about um, almost nine years ago now, the United Methodist pastor in Warner Robins um, was doing a study on uh, Islam and wanting the women there to do it. And he invited, there was a new imam that had moved to Warner Robins and had, um, and they were, there was a masjid, uh, Islamic center there that was starting. And he invited Imam Adam over and, and spoke to the women and Imam Adam said, we have, you know, women in our church that I know would love to meet you. And we've got a, a bizarre kind of thing coming up. Why don't some of your women come over? So some of the women went over and they met, you know, the Islamic women and they said, you know, we ought to get together. And so they set a time to get together and they, you know, sat and um, visited with each other. And they said, oh, we ought to do this again. Why don't we do it around lot? You know, come on over and we'll do a meal. And they said, well, let's do this again. And they started by saying, let's talk about just something that um, is a light topic. Like, you know, how did you meet your spouse or, okay. you know, what do you do? And, but then let's talk about a faith topic. And so every other month they would be between the Islamic center and the United Methodist church. And that I, I kind of got in on the first year at the end of the first year, right before the second year. And okay. Um, we didn't meet in summer because the, a lot of the women would travel home to their home countries and stuff. But um, it was it was so exciting because as we would meet together in these small groups, or at that time it was like you know twelve to eighteen of us. Okay. We would just um, begin to share with each other and and a real sense of the laughter of just okay, we're all women and we all have some of the same issues, but then we talk about faith issues. And so it was not a group of 
different faiths coming together and calling themselves interfaith. It was, mm. it was a group of women who were all steeped and had personal faith that were willing to come together and share that faith with each other, their own faith experiences with one another. So you came to it with a, a grounding in, 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 in a faith. Yes, yes. Yeah. Most, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, most, most all the participants that participated that have been in it all along have been people who are a part of their own personal deep faith Good. experience. Now, for those who are unfamiliar, I, I know where this is, but tell people where Warner Robins, Georgia is. Okay, Warner Robins is just south of Bacon. It's in right in the heart of Georgia. Yeah. Um, there's Macon, and, and now it has expanded that it's all of central Georgia, Macon. Okay. Um, I was bringing people down from Macon because I was living in Macon at that time okay. and brought people down from Macon. People from Fort Valley were coming up. I mean, we're talking about right in center Georgia, <laughs> in the central, central part of Georgia. I mean, not a metropolitan area. Macon would be your metropolitan area, if you sure. would. Sure. So how many people are part of this now, and what faiths are represented? Okay, so it really began as mostly Christian Muslim, and most of those Christian were United Methodists, and it began to expand. We did a couple of, um, we did a, a large community event, the Imam and the United Methodist Church. Um, Tommy was a DS at that time, and, and actually- Tommy is your husband. I'm sorry, yes, I'm, I should <laughs> back up. And, and so uh, he helped moderate a po uh, panel with Kirby Godsey, who was the- um, Chancellor of Mercer University, who had written a book on "Is God a Christian?" and um, he spoke. And then we had the rabbi and an, and the imam, and then a United Methodist deacon be part of the panel afterwards. And as we began, invited the community, and then we began to get um, a few of the Jewish women were able to oh, come okay. and start participating. So it, it then it grew into the um, Jewish participation. Um, we now have some Baha'i, uh, Hindu, uh, we've had in and out, but that's never really connected. Basically, it's been the Abrahamic faiths, um, the Judaism, Christianity, and Muslim. And wow. as we have evolved, the, our lunch, we would meet monthly for lunch. Okay. And we would have a topic and we would meet back and forth between the Masjid, the Islamic Center, and Warner Robins, and then the church in Warner Robins, but then as we began to pull in people from Macon, we realized that we needed to have other places and bigger places to meet, and and the luncheons just have grown from 18 to 80. I mean, we'll have wow. anywhere from um, 60 to 80 people at a luncheon, and we try to go back and forth between Warner Robins, Macon, different places of worship. We've been in the temple. We're at First Baptist Church of Christ, which is a um, CBF, Cooperative Baptist Fellowship Church in Macon. Um, and then we've been to the uh, CME Church in Fort Valley. We've been to the Episcopal Church, both in Macon and in Warner Robins. We've been to several United Methodist churches, of course. So we've been to Wesleyan College, which is a United Methodist women's college. We actually did a luncheon there in some space. So we we try to like I said, alternate between the area so that we could pick up who can come each of those months. But what was happening is as we were growing bigger, we realized that we 
we needed to kind of organize, but not organize. Okay. We wanted to be organic in what we did. So yeah. we began to say, how can we continue this um, fellowship and the deep connections we were making? So we said, okay. So we started a book group. That was one way to do it. So okay. every other month, there's a you know, people that want to read a book and we have read books by Jewish authors and Muslim authors and Christian authors and, and um, meet and discuss that. And then we said, what about doing some study together? Hmm. And so uh, a couple of us got together and said, what would be interesting? And we said, okay, how about mystical tradition in the Judaism, Christianity, and Islam? Mm-hmm. We found that title in the great courses and Luke Timothy Johnson, who teach, who was a teacher at uh, Candler School of Theology, right. was the presenter. So we thought, okay, that'll be really good. Um, and so we started in the fall of 2015 watching the great courses and talking about mysticism. <laughs> wow. And yeah. And that, was, was, that was just part of the whole that was doing that. Yes. It wasn't like everybody. This was what we would call our small group. This is, we called it um, a small, we called it a study group. Gotcha. We probably had like about 14, 16 that came to the first meeting, but it ended up being a core of anywhere from probably about 10 to 14. Okay. So yeah, small group area. Yeah. Yeah. So it really became that small group and, and we had Jewish Christian and Muslim women, and we had, um, you know, so when we did the, the videos on Judaism, the Jewish women kind of led the discussion on that and added uh, to it. When we did the ones on Christianity, the Christian women, um, we have some women in our group that are involved at Greenbow um, House of Prayer in, okay. you know, about that in Adrian, Georgia. It's um, oh, in Adrian, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's a contemplative prayer and a, an order of, um, they have there at Greenbow, and and so we some of the women led that um, part of the Christianity, and then then the women, um, the Muslim women, you know, led the Islamic part, and were able to talk about Sufism and some of the experiences mm-hmm. and all of the different pieces of that. And so nine to fourteen people, and what we did again is share our leadership among our faiths, and we just talked, and because we had already begun to know one another and as you're together even more and you laugh and you eat and you hold each other's kids i mean all those things you're supposed to do (laughs) friendships you know um we were able to just just have conversation and so then the next year um so that was one year and so the next year we looked at doing um visual sacred art space and relics within our faith traditions and that kind of jumped off of something that lamp which is the Thing between Georgia Tech and Emory, um, the Camera School of Theology, that hap- the multi-faith program that happens there in Atlanta, we went up to see uh, a program. Some of the uh, Muslim and Christian women went up for that. And we said, well, let's do continue that by looking at art and symbols and visual art in our tradition and symbolism in the Christian art. You know, so we looked at what what art and how art and architecture shapes so we talked about building and space and all of that interesting that was that was good but we didn't have we were kind of creating our own discussion so we didn't necessarily get into the spiritual as much but it was still again gathering meeting talking and talking about symbols and space and what all of that meant so we were learning and then last year this was really exciting we did a study of our sacred text 
Ooh, yeah, and okay. we did the DVD. We used the DVD text, um, the DVD from the Great Courses, Sacred Text of the World. Okay. And what we did is we just pulled out of that the sessions related to the Hebrew text, the Christian text, and the Islamic text. And we also used the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Bible, and the Quran. And so we would do the sources, the sessions um, from the DVD, and the Jewish women would add to it. And the questions that were asked, you know, were so amazing, especially when we got to the Christian text. The many of the Muslim women were wanting to know more about some of the Christian text and the whole understanding of Paul and what that means. And I remember one of the meetings that um, we were at early on and we said, yes, and one of the things that you need to know is that there was a whole story about Jesus before the stories of Jesus were written down. And they went, what? You know, I mean, just that whole understanding that that we all know as Christians and those that have been through disciple, you know, know that the story about Jesus was written and preserved before the stories and the gospels were written and put together. So anyway, it was just, it was really interesting. And then what we did, okay, so this was what was really cool. After we had done the great courses, we um, took our sacred text, our, the, the Tanakh, the Christian Bible, and the Quran, and looked at stories that are found in all three of those together. Oh, sure, yeah. And so here we were. Was kind of you a know, comparison and contrast, sort of? Yes. What's in this? Like, I can remember doing, we did the Joseph story, which is in yeah. all three. It was a little different twist, right? A little different twist, because even in the Hebrew Bible, you know, we get some of that continuation of it and get it interpreted differently in Christianity sure. than perhaps it gets interpreted in the Jewish understanding. Yeah, and so, same for um, Islam as well, right? There's a little oh, different. and then the Islam, and yeah, and that whole story gets, there's a different twist to it and a different <laughs> story and different characters. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's just really fascinating. So we'd be sitting there, and, and I can remember I had the um, NRSV Bible, the right. study Bible on my lap. And on top of that, I had the CEB Storytellers Bible. Okay. I wanted to get Michael Williams and, and his whole commentary on storytelling. And then on top of that, I would have the um, Tanakh open and then the Quran. So I had all four on my lap. It was wow. just an exciting time. And it was great because we were able to talk about it. We were able to say what's different. And even as we watched the videos from the, or the DVDs, listen to me, from the great courses, you know, if there was, if it was being presented from more of a Western view or not being accurate with the Jewish perspective, you know, the women would just say, well, I want to take issue with the way that he said, or, mm. you know, he's not really being... And, and so there's just this real openness about um, what our own particular understandings are. Uh, this year, we're doing one called The Spiritual Brain, Science and Religious Experience. Okay. Another great courses. Yeah. And we're using that as our jumping off point to um, talk about how our brain works and how our brain functions and what are those religious experiences and, and how that interacts. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, it sounds like as you're engaged in these activities, there you each bring your unique perspective to them. You're not, uh, you don't want to dishonor anyone's perspective, uh, but 
say a little more about how the distinctiveness come out and how you talk about the distinctiveness and honoring one another in those distinctives. Okay. I'm going to back up just a bit and say okay. that, you know, as we began this, we began to say, you know, do we need to give some guidelines? Do we need to, you know, how structured do we need to be? And I think as we met together the first couple of times, we, you know, we kind of did some get acquainted, like your name and why are you interested in this study? Okay. And some relationship we building. Yeah, type we did some relationship yeah. building. Good. That's good. I think I even pulled in um, some of those, you know, ways we talk with one another and agreeing to disagree agreeably. Some of the Dick Murray principles for disciple Bible study, if you will, and other oh, yeah. kinds of things for That's small good. groups that we've used over the years. And, um, and I've used in lots of different small groups on how we talk together, not maybe in as a formal way as I would if it was, you know, a group within the church I would be leading, but gotcha. um, just to get set some guidelines and, and, Everybody was good with just, you know, nodding. And I think as we began to talk with one another, because we had already gotten to know each other a little and built up a trust and we were all wanting to learn. I mean, mm. people came to the group because they wanted to be at the group. Gotcha. You know, so yeah. it's one of those things that we wanted to be there. Yeah. And um, it was pretty amazing to have the conversation. And, and so there was the wanting to learn that was okay. there about each other's faiths, yeah. wanting to being able to ask open questions and tell me more about what that is, you know, okay, so, so tell me about the Sufi experience and what that mm -hmm. means. And, you know, well, what do you mean Paul was before Jesus, you know, because we don't recognize Paul you know, the, in the Islamic, you know, tradition, Paul is not seen as having authority. Right. You know, but tell us the story of Jesus um, that, that you tell. And I mean, like one of the weeks we did, when we were doing the sacred scripture, we did um, the story of Mary. And they, you know, so we were hearing a lot of the story of Mary from the Quran. And most of uh -huh. us had bought study Qurans. And most of us had, you know, the Christian women, of course, had the Hebrew Bible in in the Old Testament piece, um, but it was it was wonderful to be able just to hear the stories, see the uniqueness for each of our faiths. Yeah. But even Scott, to get to, because I guess that's just the questioning in me that I get. So, what is this telling us? What you know? What are we hearing from this about our lives? <laughs> or you know, personal. You know, bring it into the personal. Right, because I mean, it sounds like the, the, the goal isn't merely learning, right? I mean, it, it sounds like, and this is, I guess, leads into my next question. How has this group made you a better Christian? How has this group made you a better Wesleyan Christian or better Methodist? Oh, my goodness. If it has at all. Oh, well, it has, because what, um, and one of the other fellow United Methodist women that's in the group, she, we have talked about, oh, my goodness, we have to know what we believe. Mm. I mean, that's because yeah. we must you know, we hear it articulated so well from um, our Muslim sisters of what they believe, you know, with the five basic things of Islam and, you know, how they pray each day and all the different things. And to be able to have to answer questions about your faith and about your scripture and about what you believe and about mysticism and about you know, the spiritual brain, you know, and our religious yeah. experiences, as we've talked about, one of the presentations was on 
um, meditation and being and doing contemplative prayer. And so you have to be able to talk about contemplative prayer and your experience. But sure. study this week was a study they did on a woman who was speaking in tongues. And so mm-hmm. to try and explain you know, where that comes from the Bible and what that's about and how that's a part of it. So, yeah, you have to have, I'm not saying all of us have that same level of knowledge, but we all from our experiences are able to add to that level of knowledge in each of the different faiths. Because in Judaism, one of our, one of our Jewish women is so good at calling it out. I mean, she has been to She's grown up so entrenched in it, and she was of the generation that if she had not been a the generation, if she had been a generation later, she would have probably gone on to rabbi school and gone to Israel gotcha. for a year and studied over there and all of that. But you know, has been very entrenched and very knowledgeable. Um, so, so yes, you have to know what you're saying to defend what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. it's it's made us, you know, the studying that. I've done has been a part of knowing deeper what I believe and then being able to articulate what you believe in a way for someone who's never heard it before or has heard it maybe misconception or this is all all we've heard. Um, It explained to us, tell us more. Yeah. 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 It's it's definitely miscommunications and, you know, bad, Bad, yeah, yeah. So a question that just came to me, I think, you know, sort of channeled one of my listeners here maybe. So because y'all are involved in different religions, does it come up about the role of women in these different religions, how women are perceived in these different religions? Oh, yes, we've done several programs on that, and several of our luncheon topics have been around that. Um, We have heard the stories of the women um, and the understandings of the women in um, Islam and the role that women have played. And, um, and we've talked about that in Judaism and we've talked about, you know, women in Christianity. So yes. Um, okay. Yeah. I, f- I figured it would. I just wanted to make, to make sure like I said, it just kind of came to me. Yeah. I can see that being such a ripe opportunity. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's yeah, interesting. So I asked a similar question. This might be, may not be an, enough different. We'll see. So how is this being involved in the Women's Interfaith Alliance, how has it impacted your own growth as a Christian and your own holiness? How has it impacted that? Wow. Scott, I can tell you that the first meeting I went to when I came home, I said to Tommy, Tommy, this was a holy moment. Okay. Um, And part of that was because we had you know, we did a light topic, but we talked about um, our faith experience or something. And I remember sitting next to Anika and, and Anika was sharing something about a spiritual experience or, I mean, I can't remember the topic now, what we were talking on. This was like in those early luncheons. And, and as she was talking, I just felt her spirit, my spirit. I mean, I I could feel it. You just knew that there was a holy meeting there of her faith, my faith, bumping up against each other. I, does that make sense at all? Of, 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 yeah. of the connection that here's a woman of deep faith, you know, and, and we have, um, 
I mean, our friendship is so deep in so many ways that it, it I mean, she's just one of the most important women in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have, there's, there's some of us that, I mean, we send each, they send us Christmas greetings. We send them mm-hmm. um, Ramadan greetings and Eid greetings. We've, we've done um, iftar meals together. We've done, um, we, we, we've done prayer time together. <laughs> we've done, um, we've said pray for one another when a child was being in the hospital or a husband was in the hospital. And we've had, you know, I was in Atlanta once and her son was in the hospital and I went to see her and her son and her husband. And, and then we had another woman whose husband, um, one of the Christian women's husband in the hospital and some of the um, Muslim doctors went by to see him that weren't even, that were just at the hospital doing other things because their wives, because we've connected in such a way that, that it's, it's more than just um, how we know each other and we're part of an interfaith group. Isn't that nice? I mean, there's a real sense of spirituality and the spiritual leaders have become friends. I mean, the imams and the rabbis and the ministers, you know, all know each other and connect as well. Um, so it's, it's, I know this isn't much about the small group, but it kind of bumped away from what you were saying. Um, well, I, I think where that, it intersects, though, is yeah. that what you found here is a place of, of vulnerability, mm-hmm. a place mm-hmm. of intimacy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what a small group yes. is, is about, is those relationships that mm-hmm. get to a level that we as people desire and mm-hmm. are hungry for mm-hmm. are those places where we can be vulnerable and open yeah. and honest and those relationships that that um that are about care and nurture right and and that's that's what's unique about this is it's it's those same elements just across faith mm-hmm. and i think that's you know it's it's interesting it's fascinating because it is unusual right i mean especially in and in stories like this you know opportunities like this ministries like this don't get enough attention what we hear most about is partisanship and mm-hmm. whatever we don't get unfortunately here opportunities like middle georgia and I'm, i know where warner robbins is it's <laughs> middle georgia yeah. that things like this are happening right i mean mm-hmm. that, that's neat so I, i'm just curious this is more of a question of curiosity maybe my last question here has anyone ever expressed um a curiosity that goes beyond just i'm interested in in your um faith but questioning their own faith and I'm, again i'm just curious has it has it has it sparked any of that discussion or has it mostly just been um hearing examples of where people are practicing and what they're learning i think that we are all we i know some of us really desire to know and understand each other's faiths yeah because we want to know and understand each other I don't know that, um, you know, there's been, well, I want to explore your faith more. Okay. I'm going to yeah, leave my faith. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like the other day. Well, it's not know. about that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's not the purpose of it. Go ahead. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just, I think it leads us to a deeper connection with each other. Um, I know that it was... The other day, um, we were at we had our luncheon and we were cleaning up, and Anika and I were the last ones to leave. And I was getting ready to walk out, and I said, "You're going to come on out." She said, "Oh no, the prayer call to prayer just came on, so I'm going to go back in." And 
and, you know, um, do my prayer time before I go get the kids from school. And, um, and I started to say, let me just come in and sit in the back while you're doing that. Cause I need to have my prayer time too. <laughs> I mean, not that I would, you know, was going to pray the way she prays, but I would pray while she was praying at the same time. Sure. And, and there have been times when we've been at events, large events at the, um, Islamic center. Uh, I remember one luncheon and the call to prayer came across because mm -hmm. it comes on and it, we just, the conversation just stopped and we all just sat and listened mm, okay. and we all just sat there for a moment of all faiths and we're just quiet and still. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And, and, you know, after the thing in Pittsburgh, there was a big thing at the synagogue and the Muslim women and the Jewish women and the Christian women, we were all there together, hugging on each other and loving each other. Mm. Um, so that's a witness, I mean, that, that's a, yeah. a witness to the community that, yeah, that's, that's great. And one of the masjids about three years ago had some defacing and we were all there, you know, mm. um, for their prayer meeting on Friday afternoon, standing outside in solidarity with them. So, um, yeah. as they went in and out to pray, that's great. You know, one of the things that we want to do, we actually took, there were one of the Jewish women, two of the Muslim women and four of us Christian women that went to the green bow house of prayer last okay. spring and spent a day there and did the labyrinth and laughed together and talked together and ate together and one of climbed trees even in <laughs> one of the women one of the muslim women in her hijab climbing the tree and you know <laughs> it was just great but it's because we've you know we we've allowed ourselves to know that as faithful people we can come together and and know that we're sharing in our spirituality without compromising who we are that's right and going deeper and yet connecting in that spiritual place that all of us have um yeah and just really being authentic with each other yeah i think this is great I, I, we could talk more i think we're gonna we're gonna end it here but this has been fascinating uh flo i appreciate you sharing your story of the women's interfaith alliance of central georgia Thanks, Scott, and appreciate you asking and being willing. I could go on with all kinds of other things that have grown out of it because of it, and that would be another story for another time, but really do appreciate your time, too. And I'm blessed to be able to call these women friends and sisters, really. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview. I know I enjoyed, I always enjoy speaking with Flo. If you'd like to get in contact with her to learn more about her interfaith, um, interfaith small group, you can reach her at flowsapmartin, F-L-O-S-A-P-P-M-A-R-T-I-N at gmail.com. And you can also search for the Women's Interfaith Alliance of Central Georgia. They have a Facebook group if you want to connect with them that way. A few quick takeaways that I, that I heard in that interview. Uh, for me, it really shows that people are hungry for opportunities to share openly and intimately and, and have a hunger for places of vulnerability. And, and that, that's true, especially in, in groups where we're like-minded, uh, but it's also true even in interfaith opportunities like that. And it's also, uh, I found interesting that they do service projects and advocacy work together, because that ought to be a part of a small group as well. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, as always, give me, shoot me an email. You can email me at s, um, let's see, 
shughes at umcdiscipleship.org. Just email me a suggestion uh, about a future podcast, and I'll send you a book. I've got a few different choices for you to choose from. So um, yeah, connect with us. You can connect with us on our uh, on our Facebook page, on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Rev Scott's Tweets, also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. I want to give a shout-out to those who helped make this podcast possible. Big shout-out to Blake, our technical director, Matt Carlisle, the web producer, Steve Horswell-Johnson, our executive producer. So until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.